Welcome to Voice of Jones County podcast. In this and following programs, we'll bring you information about people, places, and things in Jones County, Iowa. Our content will vary, but it'll always be entertaining and informative. Tell your friends about this endeavor. All of our programs will be available on our website. You can follow us on Facebook by liking our Facebook page, Voice of Jones County, or go to our website, voiceofjonescounty.com. All audio and video programs will be posted to that site. And now, here's tonight's moderator for this program, brought to you without commercial interruption. This is Richard Tapia, uh, doing another podcast with another member of the Anamosa community. I'm here with Dennis Mulford, uh, one of the leadership people from the American Legion Post Number 13. Dennis, would you mind stating your full title and what you do? Well, as far as Legion goes, I am the commander of Arthur McCullough Post 13 of the American Legion. Uh, In that capacity, I basically um, run the meetings uh, or set the agenda for the meetings uh, set the agenda for the executive committee and uh, try to give some leadership to where the organization is going. On a uh, personal basis, I still have a business, uh, Mulford Financial Services, of which I'm at the end of that after uh, 31 years. Um, uh, started out as a life and health agent in 86. And it very quickly turned to just investments to where all I've done in the last 10, 15 years um, is investments for individuals, small companies. And uh, currently I've got a gentleman buying into the business and he'll be taking it over uh, probably within, uh, looks like a matter of a week or two. So you're retiring? No, I'll continue. Uh, I was a registered representative. Uh, able to uh, put money in for clients into uh, mutual funds so forth. I dropped that license in January uh, just because of the costs on a monthly basis for insurance and tech fees. So I'm under my partner, so to speak, for insurance purposes, and I'm what's called an associate uh, registered rep. And I can do any of the service work. I can move money, retrieve money, put money in. I can do everything except write an application for new business. And uh, so if we do that, then the uh, partner has to be there for now. Um, but my main concern is just taking care of the people that have supported me for 30 years. Uh, normally in a business like this, somebody from the outside buys it. And there's no direct face-to-face contact. It all turns to telephone work. And uh, this gentleman lives in uh, Marion, comes out of Monticello originally, uh, Kevin Caradis. And uh, he is going to keep this office open as his primary location. Okay, well, there's some future plans. Uh, What got you into... Well, let's see if I can, how do I word this? What made you want to become part of the leadership of the local post here, American Legion? Well, um, give you a background on getting into Legion. Uh, yeah, I, some of your military background. Uh, 
when I was raised in a suburb, born in Iowa, raised in the suburb of Chicago, came back here um, on a football scholarship uh, in the 60s. Uh, was up at UNI, and um, that's where I met my wife. And then upon graduation, I knew that I was going to be uh, drafted, so to speak. So I enlisted in the Army for uh, um, officer candidate school for fire direction control artillery. And I uh, was in the Army a matter of uh, weeks, actually days, and I realized I didn't want to stay in any longer than necessary because it was not a career path. It was not a bad experience. But uh, uh, my degree is in marketing. I'd already worked. Uh, I went in on a delay program, so I was working with Oscar Meyer and company uh, for about five months before I went in. Um, and I knew that the military was not going to be a career choice. Um, but I was fulfilling what I felt was an obligation, and I wanted to uh, control the choices instead of being drafted and uh, being told what uh, to do. So anyway, uh, uh, long story short, short, our whole company was OCS prep, and uh, we dropped it, all of us, uh, uh, basically for the same reason. And uh, we ended up going to Vietnam. Uh, and spent 13, 13 months, five days over there. And the reason for that is coming back from overseas duty. If you have five months or less on your tour, uh, they will discharge you rather than sending you home for 30 days and then sending you someplace. So I, my total time in the service was under two years. And we were uh, about the fourth month in Vietnam. I uh, earned uh, E5 and uh, uh, was forward with a uh, battalion operations artillery uh, the whole time. And uh, was not a bad experience. Uh, what year was that? 69-70. Went over in the fall of, uh, or spring of uh, 70 March came home at the end of April, and uh, I thought we were treated uh, pretty well. Uh, like I said, we were forward in battalion operations attached with the battery. Uh, we were the 199th Light Infantry, 240th Artillery, and our original uh, uh, CO, the uh, fire director and patrol officer was a captain and was one of the original Green Berets and he took care of us very very well um, besides the work side of it we'd work 12 hour shifts night and day seven days a week and uh, and then when he would get us in once a month we'd go into Saigon or something for a day um, and we were not uh, we were very small unit, and I thought uh, treated pretty well. We saw some things, of course, we don't want to see, but that's life. Uh, when I came back, I did not have any negative uh, results. I was discharged in Oakland. 
I wasn't there 24 hours and I uh, was in dress uniform. Hopped the airplane to come home. Nobody said a word. Uh, put the stuff away and I have no idea where it is today. And then about uh, four or five years ago, we were doing a uh, uh, 9 12 project, which is uh, the day after 9 11, everybody was together. Well, there's uh, a group called 9 12 Project and they study the Constitution, Founding Fathers, and anyway, this group we were having a 9-11 celebration and a couple of the guys there were Legion members and one of them asked me about it, uh, service. And so I ended up joining Legion and then uh, your original question is what made me get into the role of leadership and I just uh, felt that rather than just attend meetings, have the dinner, and be part of the 80%, um, I might have something to offer and uh, getting people involved uh, in leadership, uh, the activities. Uh, the previous commander did a wonderful job, um, and but a lot of people were not satisfied because he literally did everything. Mm. Uh, right down to scripting uh, all the reports. Uh, if anything was done, he did it. And there were people that were ready to leave just because of that, meaning um, they wanted to be involved and help do things, but he pretty well uh, stifled it. But he had brought the post back. It was in decline. And uh, he did a marvelous job of bringing it back. And... Uh, I have absolutely no negative comments about him, uh, but it's just a different form of management. He was career uh, military, uh, ended up, I believe, in E9, uh, but it was just his way of management was he did everything, period. Yeah. And uh, my form of management, uh, if you want to call it a form of management, is to find people... Uh, not so much that are leaders, but that can communicate, can talk, and uh, find out what they like to do, or ask them if they'd be interested in doing something and get them to do the work. Uh, and the joke now is, uh, all Mulford does is do an agenda. And that's pretty well it. Uh, but we've got what I think is a really marvelous group of people uh, that are doing the, the work. Uh, we had elections just last night, and out of uh, eight officers, uh, commander through sergeant-at-arms, there's a turnover of four. Two new ones are in, a couple are moving up, uh, but all eight officers ran unopposed. And uh, so it was a yes-no and it was a unanimous yes uh, uh, in the meeting for those. And then we had two more that were uh, picked out of six on the executive committee at large. One of those was a carryover. He got the most votes. And then another new one has come on. And the uh, uh, he's a gentleman that's uh, been involved in the um, Honor Guard uh, and doing some other stuff in Legion. So he's 
already active in and doing more than just attending a meeting and sitting there. During your time with this legion, how would you compare this legion, say, to other ones around Jones County, around the state? How active do you see this this legion? I have not attended other <clears throat> legion posts, but from hearsay, comments about others, a lot of them are sm smaller towns, very uh, limited membership in attendance of a meeting. Uh, the district commander uh, for District 2 was uh, at our meeting a month ago to install a new officer for a uh, position that I wanted created and we got done. He is in uh, probably the largest post in the district, somewhere around 1,900, 2,000 members. And we get between 35 and 45 members to a meeting. His comment that night were much, much bigger than you, were 200. And yet you get three times the number of people to a meeting. And I, there's a couple reasons for that. One is uh, we have a new post home, but we don't have it open during the day like uh, some other organizations do, like Marion where fellows can go and uh, uh, associate, uh, play cards, or whatever. And so they'll do that, and then when it comes time for a business meeting, if you're not involved a lot, don't go to the business meetings. Our association is either uh, when we're doing a project or at the meetings. So I think that's why we get uh, a pretty good turnout. This post doesn't seem to be, since my time here, doesn't seem to be what a stereotypical American legion seems to be. The ones I saw that I experienced in Spring Hill, Illinois, there's a lot of drinking. This one doesn't seem to have that. It seems to be more focused on... Yeah. We did an uh, uh, example. We have got two pastors in the post. Uh, one is our chaplain, and I think out of respect for them, in part, when we we previously met at a senior dining area. In other words, we had no cost <clears throat> other than the meal. Well, we did not take alcohol in. Uh, to my knowledge, uh, it would not have been a problem, but we just did not. Uh, so the post in that light in the last several years has not had a history of drinking. When we got this new post, which is a very nice situation, um, a couple of the guys in, uh, immediately said and put the beer in the refrigerator and a couple of the guys got beers out at the beginning of the meeting. And uh, it was kind of stated Keep that low. If you want to have a beer or something, after the meeting. But this is a business meeting. And I think that pretty well reverberated because I recall the first meeting or two, five or six of the guys that have a beer or two during the meeting, which I don't think anybody's got a problem with. Now, it's almost rare to see somebody have a beer during a meeting, but it's totally common. 
after a meeting, if somebody wants to have a beer, sit around and uh, visit, fine. So that's not a, uh, we do not have an open bar. Uh, and that's for insurance purposes. So we treat it as BYOB, and you're more than welcome to bring whatever you want. But again, I think part of it is just out of respect for the fact we're in a business meeting. Um, let's save the drink for an appropriate time after the meeting. Uh, how does the American Legion, at least this post, do outreach? Because, I mean, I live in Monticello. People were actively searching me out here instead of Monticello. That's why I joined here. Mm -hmm. How do you guys do outreach? Well, a, a comment about Legion in Monticello, uh, activity, as I understand it, is very minimal up there. Uh, I don't know if that has to do with leadership or the fact that uh, we have several people coming down here, which draws away from them. I do know we've done several funerals in Monticello, uh, and I think that's partly because of the lack of activity of an honor guard in Monticello. Our outreach is um, individual basis. We try to do things in the community. Um, we have a couple of fellows that are really, really good at what I call recruiting. Um, Ken, Ken Humble being one. Ken Humble is the one who got me. probably one of the best. Uh, but he does it in a manner that I really appreciate. If I come across a veteran who's not active in any organization, I invite him. And that's it. Um, we had, uh, I mentioned the previous commander, uh, actually would turn people off because he would be really aggressive. In fact, when he'd talk about an individual, he would say, oh, I've been working on him for two years. And just that phrase, I've been working on him for two years, the word pressure comes to mind. So my attitude is, uh, well, last night we had a gentleman come to the meeting for the first time. Uh, I think we had a couple. Well, we've got eight new members right now. But we had one there last night. We uh, are celebrating this um, Vietnam 50th commemorative. Mm -hmm. And we happened to deliver the certificate and pin to this fellow, um, uh, the vice commander and I, because he was unable to attend the ceremony at uh, on Memorial Day. And in talking to him, he let us know that he was going through a tough time, just been diagnosed with cancer and so forth. And I'd had an experience with cancer some years back, and I just remember that the people that work the hardest in caring for someone who's being treated is a spouse. Yeah. Driving them to meeting or to uh, 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 therapy sessions, therapy sessions, so forth. So right away, this gentleman, I knew who his doctor was, and I said, whatever you got going, if you need a drive, here's my card, call me. I can adjust my schedule so your wife or your kids don't have to take you everywhere. And he teared at that offer from a stranger. 
And then he comes to the meeting last night. The very first thing out of his mouth was, I'd like to pay ahead on this driving. I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, I'm doing really well. I'm able to go myself. So put me on the list as a driver if you find someone that needs help. The point is you reached out to him. You didn't hammer him to join. I didn't ask him. I just told him when the meetings were. I don't ask them to come. If they want to come, they'll come. In this case, I think the personal touch Ken and I gave of we're here to help you as fellow veterans and friends in your time of need. And he turned right around and offered help last night. And to me, that's what the outreach is. Very quiet. Uh, many veterans are suffering. Yeah. Uh, when we did the Poppy Service Project, I ran into a fella at one of the stores, already had the Poppy. And um, gave again, got a second Poppy, and I thanked him. And I said, somebody already got you. And he goes, yeah. And he had a T-shirt on, but it had to do with Vietnam. And as he got ready to leave the store, I... Uh, uh, said something to him, and he said, yes, I'm a Vietnam vet. And uh, I told him, oh, we're doing this commemorative for the 50th year. And right away he said, I don't do anything like that in public. I had a really bad experience there. And when I came home, uh, a couple of buddies picked me up. I was in uniform went from the airport to a bar and ended up in a brawl and I was a baby killer and spat upon and I cannot do anything in public about my service. And uh, I said, would you have any objections if we mention your name as we roll, do the roll call? And he goes, oh no. I said, would it be all right if I delivered the certificate and pin personally? He teared up. That would be great. That's one of the so things you that don't I, push somebody like that exactly to come to a meeting. That's one of the things that I noticed about this post. This great sense of uh, feeling for others. Mm -hmm. This great and deep sense of empathy that we understand your pain, kind of. And it seems to be a really different approach to doing outreach, especially for veterans. Well, I guess I look at it, I, uh, a friend uh, whom I've known, but I, I didn't even realize he's in Vietnam, just had his 70th uh, birthday, and the wife found the two fellows that drug him out. He was wounded. And drug him out, and they were there for the first time out of Chicago. Surprise birthday party, and I heard about this. Well, I contacted him about uh, this Vietnam commemorative thing, and Legion, and he said, you know, Dennis, I uh, was in Legion over in Illinois, and it seemed all they were entered, interested in was drinking. And I said, well, we're not like that at all. Point being, no response, he's not coming, he's not joining, and that's okay. Um by the way, I, I know this guy. We've been buddies since 1980, and yeah. I'm still trying to get him to come. Yeah. And I've got his certificate. 
so I got to deliver that to him. Uh, but anyway, the the attitude I've seen is some of the Legion posts tend to be party places. Yeah. My way of thinking and the reason I was asked to join was not to say, let's go have a beer and talk over old times. It was, uh, we're doing some stuff and, you know, you're self-employed, so you're a leader of some sort. Uh, we'd like to have you join in and help. And uh, to me, uh, 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 this whole thing, and I mentioned it at the meeting last night, we've got a, a full bird colonel who, 84 years old, and you visit with him, and he's an 84-year-old guy until you start learning about him, and he's one of maybe the most incredible people I've met. Not because of heroism or anything else, but he is so wide read, uh, lots of different interests, mm -hmm. uh, and I just find him as one of the most amazing people I've met in Legion, and there are others like that. And they uh, were not party hounds. We're not out to let's go get a a beer and let's go hang one on or something like that. But it's just an interest. Uh, in one another. Yeah. So, uh, how do you see the Legion maybe working with other organizations or other entities, say like the Veterans Office here or the county? I just, um, I'm also involved in Rotary, which is, quote, service above self. And much of the time in Rotary and in Legion, things happen that I don't understand why they happen, but they do. And I'm finding out that it's an individual like you approaches me with an idea or like Colonel Meyer says, hey, I have an idea. You got an idea, let's run with it. Yeah. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But then my idea is whenever we do something new, Let's let the community know who's behind it for that publicity. And I think that's what helps grow because then some veteran out there might say, well, Legion did that. That's kind of cool. I wouldn't mind being part of that. And that to me is the attraction rather than you're a veteran. You need to join Legion. No, you're a veteran maybe Legion would be a good place for you to associate with others of a similar experience. Yeah. And that's kind of the, the attitude I got. But I can see a myriad of ways we can work with the VA, we can work with other uh, service organizations. I've got Colonel Meyer coming to speak to Rotary next week, just as a speaker. Yeah. And... Uh, Colonel Meyer maybe ought to be in Rotary, too. You don't know. I'm sure somebody will hit him up for it. Uh, so that interaction uh, among groups and at the same time keeping in mind needs in a community, it all works. Yeah. I, <clears throat> I used to live 
in this area back in 1980 to, I, I left here in 89 to go to get, find work in the Chicago, Illinois area. And one thing that always impressed me about small town Iowa, they did a good job of taking care of mm -hmm. those in need. I didn't find that in Illinois so much. Everybody was, you, you, need, you have problems, go see such and such. Yeah. And so that's one of the reasons I wanted to come back was because of the sense of, we, we owe it to each other, the sense of community, of small community. And I've always been impressed with that. So we, uh, as I mentioned, raised in, born in Iowa, raised in Chicago, back to Iowa. And then uh, after the service, uh, went back with Oscar Meyer out of St. Louis, ended up in um, Los Angeles. St. Louis for three years, Los Angeles three years, Salt Lake City for five years, and then went into business for myself. Uh, and it didn't make any difference where we lived. And we decided um, to move back to the Midwest. The only thing that slowed us down in that decision was the previous eight years, Los Angeles and Salt Lake, we lived in a very dry climate. And let's move back to the Midwest, Iowa, which is like the weather we have right now. It's spelled humid. Yeah. And it took us a while, but the idea we want to go back to raise our kids, small, smaller town than even a Salt Lake City or whatever. But even in the uh, St. Louis, Los Angeles, which was Huntington Beach or Salt Lake, we would have uh, neighborhoods, communities, church, business, and then hobbies. The hobby was the mountain man antique gun thing. And so whenever we moved someplace, we would have groups of friends from the mountain man, quote, stuff, Methodist church, business, and neighborhood. So now when we look back on it, or someone calls and I recognize the name, a lot of times it's, uh-oh, is this from church? Did I sell this guy a gun? Or did I go camping with him in a buffalo robe? And all it's all the same thing. But the idea, yeah. we came back here to raise the kids. Yeah. And if you look at that experience, we experienced the economics, economics of big city, small town. Guess where it's more economical to live? Small town. West Coast, <clears throat> more expensive to live there than the Midwest? Absolutely. So we didn't decide because of that, but all of it put together, I'm not sure there's a better place than Animosa, Iowa, to raise a family, to retire. You know, a lot of people head to Florida. Florida's a wonderful place. My brother lives down there. I've got nieces and nephews. My parents retired and passed down there. And the bottom line is you can give me Florida today, and I'll give it back to you tomorrow. Yeah. No charge. <laughs> and it's just because I like the Midwest. I'll go visit, but everybody else wants to be there. I don't want to be where they want to be. It's uh, like me. I'm originally from San Antonio, Texas, but I'd much rather be here 
uh, I've gotten used to this temperature. Texas, way too hot, way too humid, way too nuts, too <laughs> crowded. Yeah. And so I like the sanity, but I want to thank you. We've, we've gotten a little over 30 minutes, but I've, I really enjoyed this. I'm hoping thank we can you. do this again. Thank you very much, Dennis. My pleasure. You've been listening to Voice of Jones County podcast. You can follow us on Facebook by liking our Voice of Jones County page or visit our website at voiceofjonescounty.com. If you'd like to contact us, message us on our Facebook page or use the Contact Us page on our website. Be sure to leave any thoughts on a broadcast, show ideas, or other information. If you'd like to submit a program or photos, let us know on our pages. Thanks for listening to Voice of Jones County podcast.